0: Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at ShorelineCC.com. So, uh, here's the thing: uh, I would like to say good morning. Uh, I know, it's still morning. Uh, good morning. This is like a glimpse of heaven. How many of you agree with me? Right? Uh, if you turn to your neighbor, how many of you can speak Indonesian here? Raise up your hand. Okay. Now, oh, thank you, ladies. You raise up your hand. I teach you later to speak Indonesian, okay? Now, how many of you are English native speaker? Okay. How many of you can speak Chinese here? Anybody? Okay, praise God, right there. How many of you can speak Vietnamese or any other language? Raise up your hand. Wow, look at this. You know, in in the book of Revelation, it says that all tongue, all tribe, right? They all will worship the Lord together, all tongue, all tribe. And I strongly believe that this is a glimpse of heaven, amen? I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor like this, we are neighbor now and we're going to be a neighbor up there too. Okay? <laughs> if you don't like your neighbor, I'm sorry, you better like it now. All right? Uh, this is like a practice. If you don't like it, well, you're going to be in trouble later. Because the Supreme Judge is right going to be in front of you, and you don't want everybody who meet God, they are trembling, all right? You don't want to be called in his court, because you still don't like your neighbor. Amen? Yeah. And um, I would like to uh, take an opportunity here on behalf of the LC. Thank you so much for SCC. Amen? Come on, the LC, Let's cheer up for uh, SCC. Uh, thank you for taking us as the part of the parents, affiliation church, you adopting us, it is no way that we can sustain up to this now. So thankful for Pastor Duane, Pastor Steve, and all the leadership here that we can be up today. It is because of your generosity. It is because your love extending that we can still do the ministry uh, until up to now. Amen? So that's the body of Christ all about that we love each other, we support because when we got to heaven, you know what? There is no other name but the blood of Jesus. We're not gonna have carry all you from SCCU, from TLC, no. That is what God don't care at all, amen? And um, before I start, I also would like to give uh, appreciation for Naomi in the back. Let's give a clap to Naomi with the multimedia. Um, You know, being in the multimedia, especially with Me speaking here uh, with so much heavy accent, I know it's hard for you, Naomi, and so much pressure, but I'm so thankful that uh, 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 today you can handle that, and the Holy Spirit may comfort you and give you peace, (laughs) as today the message is going to be peace, amen? Uh, Before I start, I would like to give you um, a story, and... um, the story is supposed to be funny story. It's supposed to be, it's like fun and will cheer you up. However, I just would like to give you a disclaimer. Uh, I'm an introvert, heavy introvert, and as being introvert, you know, sometimes what I say, uh, what I supposed to be funny is not funny. <laughs> People don't laugh. But then when I preach. I don't mean to be funny, but people laugh. <laughs> so if that's the case you confuse, confused, I'm so sorry to make you that one, uh, because that is an excuse to be introvert. I'm surely, Pastor Dwayne knows every time we meet, It feel like I feel so tense, and actually with the, with the group, actually uh, the group with the stranger, it's like hard for me to make an effort to, because that's not me at all, I mean? So, uh, I want you to tell your neighbor, if that's not funny to you, laugh anyway, all right? (laughs) Here's the thing. The story is about, there is a husband and wife. The husband has an anger issue for years. It's been around like 25 years in their marriage. And then finally, the husband decided, you know what, let me go to the anger management class, and then when he went to the anger management class, so much thing that he learned from it, and then at the end of, after the class, the whole session he's been done, attending, and then he coming back home and asking his wife, honey, I want to ask you. I know I have so much anger issue, and I am so thankful for the 25 years you can take all the fire and the bullet, and it seems like you are so calm, so peaceful to deal with me after I get angry, and then you just go out, uh, go to somewhere, not in this room with me. And by the way, I just would like to know how you handle your anger, how can You handle me, and still calm and peaceful. And the wife, looking at the husband, and then uh, she says like this, You know what, honey? After you get angry, and then what I do, I clean up the toilet bowl. I go to the uh, restroom, and then I clean up the toilet bowl, and I spend hours And I feel calm at it. And then the husband, what does this toilet bowl to do giving you calm and peace? It doesn't ring the bell. It doesn't register on my mind. What did you do? What makes you that way, so calm? And she said, you know what? I clean up the toilet bowl with, Your toothbrush. (laughs) If you laugh so hard, I hope you're not that way. (laughs) All right? I caught you. (laughs) Amen. So, uh, uh, the world has so much different mechanism to cope with peace. I hope. I really hope that none of you using a toothbrush, right, to cope with your peace. If you do, it's okay. After this, you're coming back home, repent, our God is a second chance God. <laughs> you know, peace is something that people talk. Peace is what people know that they need it more than anything else. People wanting it, people desire for it. But, not everybody can live in a peaceful life, especially in this troubled world. It's very hard. I want you to see the statistic here. How that if you live without peace, you will live under the depression. Either you have peace, that is the true peace from inside or you live in the depression. And the statistics say like this. Depression in America affects over 18 million adults. The leading cause of disability for ages 15 to 44. The primary reason why someone dies of suicide about every minute, every 12 minutes, about 41,000 people a year. In comparison, homicide claim Less than sixteen thousand lives each year. Can you see that actually suicide is much more dangerous than uh, what I call it—is that the homicide, the crime itself, and depression costs United States two hundred ten billion. See, let's say this statistic is for the outside of the church, but look at this the next after this statistic about pastor 77% pastor get burned out and every year 1500 to 1700 quit every year so it doesn't matter you are outside of the church or inside of the church a lot of people really really i will say that bankrupt in terms of peace. I want to show you the picture about the K-pop artists. How many of you watching Korean movie? At least one or two, right? Thank you. Uh, Korean movie has been expanding globally, and people like it. And the industry is very, very, very rapid and very strong. And growing up, so much pressure. The first two girls and the men, all of them are below 30. The first one, named Suli. And then the second one, Go, Hara, And the last one, Cha Inha. The first one, for sure it's already uh, defined committed suicide. But the second, the third, uh, still they try to suppress it, what is really going on. But many of them believe they commit suicide because they're still so young, to die so fast. You know, they're very famous. They have all the fame, money, wealth, talent, give everything why do you think with all of those that they have they commit suicide you don't have to answer but inside you ask yourself what is actually going on? So your talent, your gift, your money, everything what you have does not bring you peace. Today, this is what we are going to learn. I have a question for you to bring. Does peace really exist? People talk about peace. Does peace only work? Or actually, peace is delusion. Where can we find that peace? I don't know about your life, right now, but I do know that I cannot afford it not to live under this peace in my life. And let's read the word and then I would like to pray. From the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 78 to 79. Can you stand up and honor the word of God and let's read the word together with me. Three, two, one. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of His servant David because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in the darkness and in the shadow of that to guide our feet in the path of peace. Say with me, the path of peace. Say with me again, the path of peace. You may be seated. Where can we find peace? The Bible taught us there are three paths of peace. Christmas is not about shopping, even though I know all of you love to shop, but that's not Christmas all about. Some wife smile already, listen to that. I apologize, husband, okay? where can we find peace? The number one that I want to tell you, believe in Jesus. Say with me, "Believe believe in Jesus. Let's read the word together. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulder, and his name will be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal Father, and a Prince of Peace. The word peace here, you get to understand first. What is peace? Peace in the Greek language called Arine. Arine meaning calm, rest, quietness. That's the word peace. So, what Isaiah prophecy here says, the prince of peace... Peace here meaning calm, rest, and quietness, or tranquility, okay? You get it on that one? Now, what makes me amazing, it's called prince. When we talk about prince, talking about government, kingdom, right? So meaning, speaking about authority. Power, right? So, whoever that govern peace, whoever that govern calm, rest, tranquility, or quietness is Jesus. That is why He was called as a Prince of Peace. The concept of peace is not just in the modern days. The concept of peace is just not not in the New Testament, but the concept of peace, it's all the way back in the old time, four, 5,000 years ago, when God called that I'm Jehovah Shalom. I'm the God of peace. So, God is the God of peace. And Jesus called himself as a Prince of Peace. What kind of peace did Jesus offer to you? This is what I want you to learn. Jesus says, I'm the prince of peace. The question is, what kind of peace? There are two things that Jesus offered to you about that peace. The number one, John 14, verse 27, it says like this. I'm leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So, don't be troubled or afraid. So, the peace that Jesus gave is the peace that the world cannot give. The world taught you to have peace, you have to have a lot of money. The world teach you to have peace, smoke, weed, cocaine, you will have peace with it. If you have fame, then you have peace. If you reach into certain fame, you will have peace. That's what the world offers. But what Jesus offers, it's different. It's not the peace that the world offers. That is why if I show you the picture from the Korean artists, they have everything. If I move to the United States, the scenario of the United States, Michael Jackson, in order for him to sleep in peace, he has to pay hundred thousand for the doctor to prescribe drugs so that he can sleep in peace. Do you agree with me? Not just Michael Jackson, so many other things that you can learn. Anthony Boydin, the chef, right? He's very famous, but yet he is committing suicide. See, what the world offered to you, that peace, is so different with Jesus offer peace. That is why you keep on seeking and seeking and seeking deep inside of you, even though you have what everything, what the peace call in the world. Jesus gives you something different. Amen? The number two, the peace that Jesus gave. say with me, beyond your trouble. Tell your neighbor the peace that Jesus gave beyond your trouble. You know, the concept of peace, usually, what we have is when there is an absence of problem, right? When everything seems to be smooth, your work is smooth your health is good, everything is great, and uh, your financial is good, the political situation is good, then you will have peace. Do you agree? Right? That's what the common, basic understanding about peace. Right? If you agree, wave your hand like this. Okay? Tell your neighbor, you don't agree, it's okay. But it still continue. Right? So, there is a principle. Listen to me, we live in the very broken world, okay? Either your husband, your wife, your children, even your pastor can give you trouble. Let me repeat in case you you don't understand my accent, okay? Your husband, your wife, your children, your pastor can give you trouble. Should I repeat it again or you understand? Okay. Because it seems like you're confused looking at me like this. And your parent-in-law also can give you problem. Anybody in this world can give you Problem. Look at this principle about Fuca. I've been telling the church in our church about this principle. Basically, if you understand this principle, this principle has been developed by the U.S. Army War College. This principle basically is to prepare this the U.S. Army War College is just for the high rank officer in the military or somebody that's going to be a leader in the government. They will come and attend that college to be developed and trained. And they prepare every member of the class with this principle called FUCA. Volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. What does it mean? Volatility is change, change is uncontrollable. The future is unpredictable, that's uncertainty. Problem can be multi-dimensional and chaotic. Ambiguity, unclear of the root of problem. Okay. So basically what happened is this class now is adopted even in the business, in the corporation, in the political uh, uh, science, everything they try to tell because it can prepare you for things that is unpredictable. So in other words, they tell you that actually all the unpredictable is predictable if you prepare and predict the unpredictable. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> Let me repeat. So basically, this class preparing you this Fuca principle that in this world, you're going to face this. This all unpredictable. And if you predict this unpredictable, then all the unpredictable actually predictable. Right? Look what Jesus says. Can you go back to the slide before? This is Jesus' fuel Okay. I have told you this thing so that you may have peace. Because... In this world, you will have fun, (laughs) you will have trouble, tell your neighbor, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. See in this world, Jesus when speak about this verse, He speak to the disciple, not to the unbeliever. The message of the gospel has been hijacked, that if you follow Christ, everything will be good. But Jesus says differently, in this world, you will have trouble. So you better love the trouble. It's not easy. So the peace that Jesus offers is not the peace where everything so calm, because that's superficial peace. The peace that Jesus offers is deep inside of you. He was born to you. If you believe it, He is there for you to give you that peace. That peace is the peace that is not the world give, but this peace is that will make you surpass every trouble in your life. So, no matter what is your trouble, how hard it is, peace still rules. In you, deep inside, if you believe in Jesus. Even Jeff Bezos, we live in the Amazon city, right? Like it or don't like it, Amazon taking the city. But here's the good news, okay? Amazon says like this, this is Jeff Bezos. Amazon turned 25 today, which according to Jeff Bezos means it will die as little as five years time. So if you have stock, <laughs> sell it as <SASB>. ASP. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. I don't want to bother your financial, OK? You can still keep it, but this is, you can look. We live in the Google world. You can search on it. Amazon already, Jeff Bezos already speak about himself, that it can be as little as five years, right? And then, this is in the Business Insider. And then the Business Insider says, Will you, are you afraid? Next slide. I don't worry about it because I know it's inevitable. Company comes come and go. He speaks fuca. He prepare. Unfortunately, Christians don't prepare. We as a believer, we don't prepare the unpredictable. That is why your life is unpredictable. There is no unpredictable if you predict the unpredictable. Amen. Amen. In order for you to prepare the unpredictable. You have Jesus. You have to have Jesus deep inside of you. So whatever that the storm moving you around, bomb, bomb, from any wave, big wave or whatever, but you still calm. Yeah. Many times Jesus calmed the storm. But also many times Jesus calmed you in the storm. He didn't he 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 calm. He didn't make He didn't make miracles but with Jesus, He comes inside of you in the storm, so you can sleep like Jesus on the boat no matter what the wave push you over. Amen? The number two. John chapter 8, verse 31. How many of you believe in Jesus here? Yes, sir. Okay. How do you know if you believe in Jesus? Uh, let me repeat again. Uh, how many of you know that you believe in Jesus? Okay. How do you know if you believe in Jesus? What is the measurement that you believe in Jesus? People get lottery, thank God, right? But does he believe in, in God? Wait a minute, right? You almost... Uh, get into accident and you don't get accident. Oh, yes, thank you, Lord. But doesn't mean that you believe in God, right? On that one. How do you know if you really believe in God? That's the question that you need to ask. Here's the thing, very, 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 very dynamic that Jesus putting. If you believe in me, this is the standard that I give to you. It says like this, Jesus says to the people who believe in him. He didn't say to somebody else, don't believe. He said, whoever believes in me, right, you are truly my disciple if you remain faithful to my teaching. What does he tell you about that? That's about obedience. What does it nothing to do, something to do between obedience and peace? The next slide. I love this verse so much. This verse really, really, one of the revelations that come to life that I recited all the time. He said like this, oh, the word oh is so good, right? First start, oh, okay. Oh, that you had listened to my command. Then, you will have You will have peace flowing like a gentle river. So, if you believe the sign, the standard, the measurement that Jesus gave, if you believe, you obey. When you obey, the peace that you have will flow like a river, meaning it's overflow. Wherever you go, people will see peace through you. Whatever you talk, you will resemble about peace. Everything will flow in your life, it's about peace. But has to start from obedience. There are four categories about people in terms of belief. I don't know if I ever said this or not. I want the Naomi to show it here. You see love me when I say this. So the number one is the real atheist who don't who don't believe in God. And act like God does not exist. That's the real atheist. The number two, atheist Christian who don't believe in God but act like God does exist. So they said, I don't believe, but they get offended when people pray. They said they don't believe, but they don't like when the Ten Commandments is in the city hall. That's I call and put the under the group of atheist Christian. And then the number three is the Christian atheist who believe in God and act like God does not exist. Give a smile to your neighbor. Pase Harry don't talk about you. <laughs> he but I know someone like that. Believe in God but act like God does not exist. I'm so sorry that I have to mess up with, (laughs) I stimulate your emotion in this, but I want to speak the truth. I want to speak as honest as like the way Jesus speak. Sometimes Jesus even very brutally honest when everybody cannot handle the message, he even turned to the disciple, you don't want to live too? Come on, if you want to live, you go live on that one. The number four is what I call it, the real Christian, who believe in God and act like God does exist. If you act like God exists, that's the only thing through obedience. Obedience is something that people don't like to hear. You know, let me tell you the good news. When God set the law, when God set the rule, all the benefit never goes to God. When God set the rule, you have to do one, two, three, four. Let me tell you, God wants that benefit for you. Not for God. God can create everything that He needs. He tried to protect you. He tried to save you. I want to show you one of the signage here. Can you show the next slide? Next slide before the Sachariah obedience. Uh, the picture with the people with the signage uh, beware alligator. <laughs> <laughs> no swimming. Alligator. Who can put that sign? Somebody either that is in that private property, the owner or if that belongs to city the city will put that one, right? And when there is that sign, who will reap the benefit from that sign? The city or the owner? It's us, right? Because you'll be, thank you. <laughs> in other Otherwise, I'll be gone, rest in peace. I'm looking for peace, now I'm rest in peace. Even though you're not resting in peace, but you put it rest in peace, right? This guy ignore. I'm so sorry for this man. But that's reality. Right? So the law that God said, only every law criminal always hates the law. But the law abiding citizen always loves the law. So when God said about obedience to the word, It's all benefit goes to you. To save you. To protect you. 4,000 years ago, I want you to see this verse when in the day of Moses, how when God says something, the benefit is to protect all the Israelites when they are in the desert and to save them. Look at this. It's called the water cleansing ordinance. Whoever touched a human corpse will be declared unclean for seven days. Is that correct? Right? They must be purify themselves with the water on the third day and on the seventh day, then they will be clean. Whoever touched the dead body have to be declared unclean for seven days. And they have to wash from the water of purification on the third day, and then on the seventh day, and they will be declared clean. It seems like so complex, right? Is that agree with If, if you are in that day, no wonder the Israel complainer because they don't understand. If you understand your father fully, whatever that you, your father tell you, you will listen to it because this is good for you. But if you don't take it as as good, you will rebel with it. You will complain about it, right? So that's what happened with Israel. They complain. That is why Moses almost commits suicide to the, the hand of God when he cannot bear the complaint of the people. He gets so fatigued and tired. Now, next slide. God told Moses, this is the water of purification, okay? God told Moses to burn cedar, High soap, scarlet wool, and bull. If I'm a Moses and with the people, why you make it so complex, right? We have to burn the bull and put cedar, high soap and scarlet wool. I just touched the dead body. What is going on, God? Why you make my life suffer and so hard? Is that correct? If we are in Moses' shoes or in the people's? Do you agree with me on that one? Okay, I want to show you one of the picture. Uh, next slide. Okay, Doctor Ignace Samuels. In 1800 to 1865. He is a doctor, he cannot bear it in the hospital that he uh, 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 practiced. So many deaths, usually when the woman delivers the baby, the death rate is so high, 18%. Let me see if what I quote is correct, yeah, 18%. So one out of six. He cannot stand it. He gets condemned and guilt. How could that be? Eighteen percent is really high, that rate. A lot of either woman, the baby, or both, they die. So 18%. And because he gets stressed, the director put him into sabbatical. And when he is in the sabbatical, he he hear that his friend, Dr. J.K., passed away because when he is performing with the medical student uh, surgery, I mean, not not, not, autopsy, and then what happened is uh, he get cut, and then not long after, he died because of the infection. And then what happened is he visited to the morgue, and then he tried to find out and he saw the symptom. All things is the same like what happened in his hospital. And he tried to investigate what caused him to death. And he find out that actually what happened, the medical student back then washed after they do the autopsy to learn about Body. And then the, uh, his friend is the one that helping the uh, medical student to answer and the principal. And then what happened is they share uh, to wash in the basin all together. They share just washing, and then perform surgery. After that, that's in the 1800s. And that is why almost every hospital, the death rate is 18 percent. And when he found out that truth, he was so shocked. And then, do you know what he did? He instituted in his hospital that all the medical students, each individual have their own basin and wash it, and the doctor that will perform also have their own. After doing that for three months, what happened? The death rate dropped really rapid, very small percentage, and then he sent the letter around the world, and that's become the standard practice. And he was called as the father of infection control. What does it, this something to do with what I'm trying to tell? With what happened in the day of Moses, so basically what happened is. On the day of Moses, do you know when? You know, in our body you have bacteria and virus, but our blood, our immune system able to suppress. But when we die, what happened is exploded. They grew because nobody suppressing, right? So what happened? Imagine the Israelites living in the desert. How many people die every day? And whoever touched that dead body will be infected with virus and bacteria. But they don't understand the medical principle, right? So God make it, you know what? Now I want you to burn the bull, the scarlet wool, and then what else I forgot? Help me. Oh, there. Thank you, Maomi. I love you. Cedar. And high soap, right? Do you know all of these four actually is the material to make soap? Next slide. In the old days, thank God this is a young lady, young girls, 12 years. Uh, Sometimes millennial, teenager here, you better thankful you live in this day. (laughs) Otherwise, you have to make soap like this under the heat. And working on it. So, the material to make soap in the old days tallow, lye, and water. That's a beef fat with ashes, and water, they mix it up. Actually, this ingredient compared to the day of Moses, the day of Moses is better. Right? Because they put the high soap. Right? That is very, very much having a lot of healing oil from that and that's antibacterial. How could that be? In the science, they call it scientific foreknowledge. The people that in the past have a concept they don't understand that will beneficial to the future generation. So look at that. God give revelation to the people. Anyone touch the dead body, right? What happened? It's to save you, to protect you. Imagine if there is a going-on infection, it's going to be epidemic, and the whole people in the tent will be dead and perish. And remember, God promised to Abraham that your children will be blessed and will be protected by me. And he cannot afford it not to make his vow come to pass. That is why he instituted that water ordinance. and. Imagine in the eighteen hundred how many women no need to die if they learn from the Bible back again from three, four thousand years ago. Do you understand here? So it is important for you all, including me, here no one is immune. If you believe in God. You have to obey God. If you obey God, the benefit is not even goes to God, not one percent. not even zero 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 one percent. 100 percent goes to you. Amen? The last one, I'll be fast. Say with me, strong relationship with God. Let me read for you. I have told you this thing. So that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. And then another one, David says, truly my soul rests in God. What's the similarity here? In me and in God, right? So, Peace, peace, you only can have in God, in Jesus. David says, I find rest in God, not on the side of God, not in the front of God, not in the back of God, not on the right side of God, but in me. Here 's the principle. This is my goodie bag. I want you to understand this principle, and I want to I want you to bring it home. Okay. What you see here huh? Happy face, smiling face, right? Smile to your neighbor. I see that in you, right? Okay in this world. You will have trouble. Trouble, smell, spell, fire. I bring fire, right? <laughs> Let's see if this works. It works, right? So, what happens if I put the fire on here? It's gonna pop. You sure? How many of you? say this is for sure will pop let me try it, okay and uh, you can close your ear if, if, if it's, it's not oh. it popped huh? what does it tell us I have another one, don't worry <laughs> until you get it look at this Thin, smiling face. How many of you believe this is gonna pop? Okay, let me see. Oh. It's not pop. Oh. It's not pop. I'm serious, this is not pop. why? If you know it, this prop, there is a water, right? So, this is the principle in me. Your life can smile when you come to church, right? You work, your life smiles, and suddenly the fire coming, the fire can be your boss, right? throwing up his anger, his tantrum. Or your pastor, probably. Or uh, um, as a pastor. Or your wife. Or your husband. Your children. Again, your parent-in-law, right? Your government. Your smiling face can change if you don't have God in you. But if not, you still smile, you still have peace. Because the peace is not on the side, not on the front, but this inside, right? Can you go back? David says, truly in my soul I find rest. He said seven times a day, he is so desperate about God. He said, I cling to you. I cannot live without you. That is why seven days I praise God. He said, why? Because his life under fire so much. His father rejected him. His brother bullied him. His father-in-law tried to kill him, 11 attempts, three times with his own hand, with the spears. Thank God, David know how to play kung fu. And not just that, the wife mocking him. Not just that, even his own son tried to kill him. Does that stop? No, Absalom slept with David's wife in the public for the purpose to humiliate David. If you are surrounded by that fire, and you don't have God inside, David will kill everybody. If he can kill Goliath, he can kill everybody. He forgives Absalom, he don't hate Saul, even though he got a chance, he didn't kill. And so many things that I can go on and go on. Why? The recipe is this. Truly, my soul find rest in God. I can go on, I still have you around three. You want me to pop again? (laughs) I know time is up. So, basically, when you have God in you, you'll be fireproof. Fireproof doesn't mean that you will not get fire, but you will not get burned. In that fire because you are fireproof just like bulletproof doesn't stop you from getting the bullet, the bullet will not get into you because bulletproof but you still get pain you still get hurt, right but it doesn't kill you same thing with the fireproof you still get the heat so hot but it doesn't burn you if you have God inside of you on that one Three things: path of peace, believe in Jesus. Number two, obedience. Number three, relationship with God. Sekaraya, in the Christmas time, I don't have time to explain about Sekaraya obedience, but Sekaraya Christmas means path of peace. He received the prophecy. And he delivered the first half, the prophecy about Jesus. The second half, the prophecy about John the Baptist. But he conclude that the Savior come to this world to provide the path of peace. And that peace is not the peace that the world gives. That peace is the peace that surpasses your trouble in every fire. In this world, you will find trouble. You will live in trouble. You are in the midst of trouble, but you are not of the world. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. You are the kingdom. Even Jesus says, I send you in the midst of the wolf. So that's what you're going to face. You cannot endure on the day when Jesus comes. We thought you have the peace that is coming from Jesus. We hear from Kelly about alcohol. Everybody have mechanism. Try to comfort yourself, some into porn, some into gambling. And who is that? It's me before. I was addicted with gambling. I spent my tuition the whole one year just for gambling. before I know Christ, of course, and before I become pastor. Amen. <laughs> I, I don't know what is your comfort solution right now to bring peace to you. If that doesn't work on you, let this message become a reminder to you all that Jesus is only through peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He governs peace. Other things, it's all superficial. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Peter.